Yeah, that soccer show is proud to be a part of the Soccer and Sweet Tea Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Go check out all the great coverage of soccer in the Carolinas at soccer, the letter N, sweettea.com. This is Yeah, That Soccer Show. Your one-stop shop for all your soccer coverage in Greenville and the upstate. We want this show to be driven by you, so make sure you send us an email at yeahthatsoccershow at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at YTSS Podcast. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome in to another episode of Yeah That Soccer Show. Hey, it has been a little while. Things have been chaotic in my life. Uh, if you don't know me outside of podcast world, my wife and I are expecting our first child actually this week, which was part of the impetus for me making sure I was going to get this episode out to you today. But that's why it's been a little radio silent the last couple of weeks. Just been very busy uh, trying to get ready for welcoming a new Greenville soccer fan into the world. Uh, and it is really exciting for us, but it's also been uh, hectic for me uh, over here at the podcast and the website, gvlsoccer.com. If you haven't checked that out, make sure you do that. There will be more content forthcoming there as we draw near to the seasons of our soccer teams here in the upstate. Today, I wanted to jump in and record a special Greenville FC edition of the show. Been a lot going on with Greenville FC. We haven't had a chance to get on here and talk about it yet just because we've been, uh, like I said, been real busy getting uh, ready for the baby. So wanted to uh, take a chance to highlight all the things the team is doing because, man, there is some exciting stuff happening with Greenville FC getting ready for their sophomore season. So let's do a rundown here of some of the things that have happened in the last couple of weeks uh, first off, let's stop. Let's talk about maybe the most exciting development slash initiative that the team has ventured into, and that is the Greenville FC Academy, the Youth Academy. So this is something that uh, Asheville City is also doing this year. It kind of seems like a great minds think alike type deal. Um, I know when I talked to Marco, he had said. One of their objectives as for, for Greenville FC is every year to introduce a new initiative. So this year in their sophomore season, the initiative obviously is this new youth academy. So one thing I love about this, it's a great way to, one, connect with the community, give back to the community. Uh, I know the Carrizales brothers have said from day one, this is Greenville's team. They want to be community-driven. They want to be actively involved in the community. And I think this is a, a really cool way to do that because what they're doing is they're going to be offering a free soccer academy. Free. F-R-E-E. If you've been seeing those annoying uh, tax commercials on TV lately, the free, 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 free. That's what the Greenville FC Academy is. Free. Ages 8 to 12, although they have said if you're – a little bit outside that range, maybe on either end, go ahead and feel free to apply. Um, obviously, not everyone is going to get selected potentially, but uh, if they have space and maybe you're just kind of on the border there, maybe you're a seven-year-old who might want to play, go ahead and apply. Uh, all they can do is tell you, hey, you're going to have to wait till next year. Maybe if you're 13 and you apply, they say, hey, sorry, we just can't do much for you. But uh, 
go ahead and apply anyway, and they will take it under advisement. So here's what we know about the Academy. One, it's going to run concurrent with the NPSL season. So um, I'm assuming that means kind of May to July. That's a, that's a great time. And the good thing about it running concurrent to the season is you get some training by the players and staff of Greenville FC. So you're going to get to uh, partake and interact with them, get to learn from some of those guys who are trying to do this um, as coaches. Obviously, they're doing this professionally. As players, they're working towards being professionals. So, hey, you got some people that are on the rise, some people that have been in your shoes as an 8- to 12-year-old. I think it's a great opportunity to take advantage of. So the reason they're going to be able to do this for free they're hoping that this is going to be funded funded through sponsorships and through team revenue from the season. People go into games, buying merch, buying beverages, uh, concessions, all that kind of stuff. So uh, that's another good reason as an adult, if this kind of thing, if you don't have kids 8 to 12, but you want to say, how, how can I get involved in the academy? Well, the way you can get involved is show up to games, buy tickets, buy merch, um, that's, that's probably the best way you can, you can be a part of this initiative and support it, spread, spread the word, tell people, you know, who have kids in this age range, this is a great thing to do as someone who has multiple times said that my goal, uh, in the soccer community, the reason I'm as involved as I am, the reason I do this podcast, the reason I write over at greenbillsoccer.com, gvlsoccer.com, apologize, and, uh, work so closely with soccer and sweet tea. I want to see the U S win a world cup. And I think ultimately, if that is a goal for me, the way that that's going to happen is that soccer begins to take over in this country in a way that it never has before. And it starts with the younger generation. Um, so initiatives like this, initiatives like Equal Juego that are investing in the youth of the area, the youth of this country, but particularly in this case, the youth of Greenville and the upstate uh, this is great. And it's great that it's free because there are so many, look, we have great, we have great leagues in this, in this area. Um, we have a CISO, we have the Furman Academy. There, there's a lot of good youth soccer in the upstate. Um, but there, not everyone can afford it and not everyone can be a part of that. Um, and there are probably a lot of raw, great potential talents that are just sitting there waiting for an opportunity. So that's why this is really cool. Um, so I encourage you to, to look into this. If this is something that you're, you have children in this age range, or you have some connection to children in this age range, uh, I'd encourage you to look into it. Cause I think it's gonna be a really cool initiative and Hey, it's the first year, get it on the ground floor. And, um, I think it's only going to get bigger from here. So that is the first piece of news we wanted to talk about. Cause I think that's super, super important. The first real big piece of news that's going to affect everyone that the team released is that they will not be continuing in their sophomore season at Eugene Stone Stadium at Furman. Hey, it's there's there's pros and cons here. I mean, I think there were pros and cons to Eugene Stone. The one thing, obviously, it was a beautiful facility. It's kind of a great size. The so it was dedicated to soccer, so it was a great uh, great place to play for the team's first season. Honestly, I think we were we were very very blessed to be there. But there was a lot of logistics that I know the team had to jump through in terms of beer sales. I know if you were in Milltown Operatives, the smoke thing was kind of hit or miss. Sometimes we were allowed to do it. Sometimes we were kind of chewed out for doing it. So there was a lot of hurdles there. The other big hurdle at, at Furman is that it's so far away from downtown. It's so far away from a big chunk of Greenville that there's a lot of folks that just didn't really want to make that trek up to watch soccer. 
So moving downtown to historic Serene Stadium. This is not the first time soccer has been played at Serene Stadium. Uh, back in the day, the old Greenville Lions played at the at Serene. So you know, there's there's a lot of people that have thought Serene was a great uh, a great possibility for a long time for both Greenville FC and the Triumph. I think there's a lot of folks that wanted to see Serene be used for this. I think there are some hurdles, um, just like there are anywhere that you're going to play. Um, but I think it's a, I think it's a good move. Honestly, if I'm honest, I think it's a good move for Greenville FC. Um, pros obviously is downtown and, and being downtown means you get more eyeballs on it. There's more folks that are within walking distance within, uh, just a short drive. They could ride their bikes there. I mean, it's really, it's really a great spot in terms of the community of Greenville. You're right in that Cleveland forest, Augusta road area. You're real close to like being dead downtown. So I think it's a great spot. You're not that far from the drive stadium. You know, this is a place where people are used to coming to watch sports. Um, and with that, with being downtown means you have access to more restaurants, more breweries, um, which I think ultimately is going to open up a lot of eyeballs and potential partnerships and sponsorships, both for the team and for the supporters group, the Milltown operatives. Um, I just, I think there's a lot of good in that and you're, and I don't know if you've been to Serene, but right, literally right caddy corner from Serene stadium is one of the best pizza places in town. Sidewall pizza. It's a local joint. It's really great. Uh, you have biscuit head up on the corner. I think there's another place tossed pizzas up there and maybe something else up that way. Um, so there's, there's some really good restaurants like right, right there. Um, but this is a good move. I think it's a good move for the team overall. Honestly, there are some, there are some drawbacks and I think they're, I think it's only fair to discuss them so that not as a mean to be negative as th of this is a move, but more to be realistic. And so that folks are not thrown off by what is going to look like when we get to Serene stone or Ser <laughs> Serene stone, when we get to Serene stadium for that first game. So Here's an issue if you've never been to the screen. It, there, parking is an issue. There is not a lot of designated parking for Serene Stadium specifically. I think that has potential to throw a monkey wrench in with tailgating. Although I kind of feel like as early as the Milltown operatives get there, I don't think that's going to be a major issue. I think they're kind of going to, they're going to kind of have the pick of the litter, um, but I think they may be more corralled. And not as able to just spread, you know, up at Furman, we had all the space we wanted. We could kind of spread out, put our tents out wherever we wanted to. It may be corralled a little bit more, um, which I think is fine. I think that's that's probably needed a little bit. Um, but but parking is going to be an issue for fans. Um, I know that County Square is right up the road. I know. I also know they're going to be demoing that and redoing that at some point. I don't know when that is, what the timeline is, or how that is going to work. Uh, in terms of parking up there, here's the thing there will parking will work itself out. I'm sure that the team has, uh, thought about that and discussed that and figured out some potential scenarios to get around those issues, but it is something that people need to be aware of. Uh, another issue that is more on the player side, player coach side, and less on the fan side. This is a smaller field. Um, I know that has, that was one thing that was a drawback for, the triumph. I know the field was actually not even up to the league standard that USL needed it to be at. I think NPSL is a little bit looser with some of that stuff, but here's the thing. 
Uh, teams at all levels play on fields of varying sizes. If you ever watch MLS, New York City FC, notoriously their field is like very small because they play at Yankee Stadium. Um, I think it's going to be, like I said, I think this is more of an issue for coaches and teams. It, uh, it will do a lot to the style of play, potentially. Um, fans may be right on top of everybody. Even, I mean, we were that way a little bit at Eugene, but maybe even more so just because the field is going to be a little bit smaller. Uh, so that's something to be aware of as well. And I think this is something that is going to be noticeable, but probably not that big of an issue. The field is not going to look as pristine as it did at Furman. Uh, that is just a, a result of Furman's a private university. They have the funds and the means to upkeep it. This uh, Serene Stadium, if you're not aware, is owned by Greenville County Schools. So they're not putting the time and effort and money and energy into keeping up the stadium. The state, the stands and the bleachers are not going to be as nice. Uh, the field's probably not going to be quite as nice as it is up at Furman. Uh, but I think it's going to be completely serviceable. And uh, that's going to be that's going to be great. Now, there are some things that are potential Question marks. I'm not sure about them. I'm not, I don't want to say outright these are issues, um, but I think these are things that I'm kind of waiting to see what the team says about uh, two particular things. One, smoke grenades, which again was an issue at Furman as well. We never had kind of a clear, definitive answer about it, but I don't know what the policy is. You're in Greenville City limits here, so it's maybe going to be even a little more of a workaround to make that happen. So we'll see what happens there. And then the other thing is beer sales. And that's because again, you're on Greenville County schools property. Um, but again, beer sales were an issue at Furman and the team worked that out, made that happen. And so I have no doubt that, uh, they are working on it. They're considering that they obviously want to be able to sell it as much as fans want to be able to buy it. So I think that that is something they have probably sorted out and hopefully, uh, we will have answers on that in the coming weeks, but that's a big move moving to serene. Ultimately, I think it's a net positive and uh, I'm excited to see what games look like there. I think it's going to be a fun environment and maybe even kind of, kind of more unique than what we had at Furman. I do think, uh, it, you know, the stadium's a little bit bigger, so it might not feel, it might feel a little bit less uh, full, but that doesn't necessarily mean there's going to be less people. So that's an optics issue. I think, uh, I think we'll just have to make sure that we feel like we're all there. <laughs> so I'm excited to see what it's like. So hopefully when the first game happens, uh, we'll get a lot of answers to a lot of those questions coming in the next few months. Hey, we're going to take a quick break and hear from one of our sponsors and then jump back in with some more Greenville FC coverage. We're excited to continue our partnership with the Spice and Tea Exchange of Greenville. If you have not been down to the Spice and Tea Exchange on Main Street, you need to head in there. They've got a wide array of spices, loose leaf teas, seasoning blends, sugar, salts, and so much more from all over the globe. You're encouraged to come in, explore the shop, open jars, smell them, make sure you're going to like what you're getting. It's great for people who like tea. It's great for people who love cooking. Their staff is incredibly knowledgeable. They have a soft re-grand opening coming up on March 14th. We want all the Yeah That Soccer Show listeners to make sure you head over there and check them out. Hey, and mention you heard it on the podcast, and you'll get 15% off of your total purchase. The Spice and Tea Exchange of Greenville, partners of Yeah That Soccer Show. Welcome back in to the Greenville FC edition of Yeah That Soccer Show, where we're talking all the news leading up to the season. 
that we've gotten so far here in the preseason. So the next thing we want to talk about is the thing that a lot of people have been waiting a while for. That is the schedule. Um, and in, in addition, we're going to talk about season tickets a little bit. Let's talk about season tickets first because I think that's kind of a fun little announcement. One, the season ticket costs have gone down this year to $75. That includes tickets to all the games, includes an extra ticket to the first and last game of the season. It includes a 10% discount on merchandise through the team, and it includes a awesome, awesome, awesome uh, scarf for this year. I mean, it, it, this scarf is the best one Greenville FC has done, unquestionably. I love the green and white stripes. I love the white being more dominant than it has been in the past. Um, so that's a cool little feature. They're also doing uh, membership cards. I assume that's going to be your season ticket this year rather than having a physical ticket. I don't know that for sure. Uh, it's just a guess. And uh, you get some savings if you buy some single-game tickets. So if you have friends or family who are going to come, uh, maybe not to every game, you've got, uh, you've got that as well. Um, but they also have – I think I said they were $75. I did. Okay. So they also have this year a new option they've added, which I think is super cool – for kids 6 to 13, and that is youth season tickets. Youth season tickets are $35. You basically get every single perk you get with the, with the adult season tickets, that being first and last home game, extra ticket, single game ticket savings. Um, you get the scarf. You get the membership card. You get the discount. And you get an extra thing that the adults don't get, which I think is crazy, but they're going to have an end-of-the-year youth season ticket holder party. I don't really think it's crazy. Um, I think that's an amazing idea. Again, I think Greenville FC is doing a lot to invest in the youth, and maybe that's their their way to really ingratiate themselves into the community. I think it's a really smart move, especially with the uh, with the academy tie-in here. Uh, I think it's a great I think it's a great thing offering these youth season tickets um, so that families are able to come together and it encourages them to be able to afford, you know, a family worth of memberships. So I think that's a super cool thing that the team has done. Um, now the schedule is a little different this year. If you noticed when the schedule came out, we went from eight teams in our conference to six. We lost uh, Emerald force in Knoxville and we lost the, New Orleans Jesters, which were kind of a fun team. But honestly, I think from the team's perspective and from a viability perspective, I'm sure the team loves not having to take that road trip to New Orleans. If you remember last year, all your teams are kind of centrally located over here, except New Orleans is like way, way, way far away from the rest of the teams. Let's see. We had, let's see if I can name them all. We had uh, Greenville, Asheville, Knoxville, Atlanta, McDonough, Georgia, which is a suburb of Atlanta. You had Chattanooga and you had New Orleans. So if all those teams are probably in a little, you know, three hour circle with the exception of New Orleans, it's like way far away. So <laughs> the teams, the rest of the teams in the league, I think probably weren't terribly sad to lose that away match. And I'm sure New Orleans wasn't terribly sad to uh, lose the expense of having to travel all these teams. Now they're taking a year off. It seems like to prepare themselves to go into the professional ranks, um, which might be a good move for them. They've been around for a while. So I think it's a good move from New Orleans, but we did lose them as a matchup. So we have a, a few less games this year, 
But we do have a really, really, really fun, in my mind, uh, exhibition match this year against the Tri-Cities Otters from the Johnson City Kingsport area in Tennessee. If you don't know who the Otters are, you need to go check them out on Google. They have maybe one of the best brands in lower division soccer. I love their colors, love their logo. They're kind of a fun team. They're in the USL League 2, what used to be the PDL, so they're kind of on this same level as the NPSL. You're probably going to have a lot of college students uh, playing in these summer leagues. It's kind of the semi-pro amateur type deal. Um, so I think it's going to be a good matchup, and that's a fun matchup to see. If you remember last year, we're supposed to have a matchup with the Savannah Clovers that got first postponed because of the hurricane and then ultimately canceled because of just scheduling you know, when you try to reschedule something like that in the midst of seasons, it's just never its never easy to do. Uh, so didn't begrudge anybody for that at all. But hopefully this year we get this fun exhibition. I think that'll be a good, a good time. And speaking of that exhibition, that is going to be on a Thursday night. And aside from that exhibition match, that is the only quote-unquote midweek game that we will have this year. If you remember last year, there was a lot of Wednesday night games. Uh, I say that this will be the only midweek home game. I can't remember off the top of my head if there's any midweek away games, but all the home games are going to be on the weekend, all of them on Saturday with the exception of one that's going to be on a Friday, but Hey, Friday nights, actually, I think that's kind of a fun, a fun deal too. That'll be hopping downtown. So all the games going to be on the weekend. That's an amazing, uh, an amazing factoid. And the second really cool thing about it is that none of the home games for Greenville FC conflict with a home game for the Greenville Triumph. So if you are someone that is looking to try to attend all the soccer you can in the upstate this summer, you will be able to do that with, uh, with no issue. There are going to be, there's never going to be two games, a Greenville FC and a Greenville Triumph game at home at the same time. So that's a really cool thing. I think that's great that uh, seemingly the teams or team, I don't know which side did which, but it's, it's seemingly maybe they worked this to where uh, they were going to try to not conflict as best as possible, and it happened. So that's amazing in my mind. Uh, the other cool thing about the schedule, there's a really good balance of home and away matches. You don't have any more than two away matches in a row, so that means it's not going to be this, you know, we're going to front load all the home games and you're going to go on this long away stretch. Or you're going to back load all the home games. You're going to go this long away stretch in the middle. Uh, it's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of balance and there's going to be plenty of home games to take in. And the one thing about the schedule I'm a little bummed about, you know, last year it was really fun to have that July 4th home leg of the Carolina Classico. We were able to kind of spread out the Classico a little bit and, and have it towards the end of the season. This year, it's going to be at the front of the season, uh, and we're going to be playing Asheville City twice really really quickly in succession in May and June and early June. So, you know, we're going to get our big rivalry out of the way right away. Um, you know, part of that's fun, I guess, and it'll make the front part of the season really impactful and meaningful. Uh, and then hopefully by the end of the season, we're competing for not only a playoff spot like we were last year, but maybe for a, a good seed and the potential to host a playoff game uh, and that would be, you know, that'll give enough significance to the end of the season. We won't need a big rivalry game uh, to do that. So hopefully that happens. I think it was good to have it last year when we were kind of more on the border of the of the playoffs. That that the Classico itself was a was a good driver. And hey, the way we beat Asheville City every time we play them, that'll only help us to have it at the front end of the season and put us uh, put us up in the standings early on and not be uh, playing from behind so much. So. 
Um, so yeah, so that's kind of cool. I, I like that. Uh, we're going to take another real quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about the players that the team have announced that are going to be playing for Greenville FC this summer. Here at Yeah That Soccer Show, we're always excited to tell you about our sponsors so that you can support them because they support us and we're able to bring you the shows thanks to all of their generosity. And that includes Brad Butchkowski of the Wonder Check Realty Group. You can find him on social media at Brad Butchkowski, B-U-C-Z-K-O-W-S-K-I, or I am Brad B on Twitter. Or you can check out his website, brad.selling-greenville.com. That's Brad Butchkowski with the Wonder Check Realty Group. Welcome back to our final segment of this episode of Yeah, That Soccer Show, where we are going to be talking about the players for Greenville FC. Um, here's, here's a really cool thing. I don't know how much this happens in the NPSL, at least not to the level that it has happened with Greenville FC coming back for their second season. Man, we are returning a lot of players that played for the green and gold last summer. Uh, so let's start up top where it matters the most. Our head coach, Lee Squires, and his staff are coming back for a second season in charge. Uh, I think that is great for consistency. It's great for continuity's sake. Um, and it's great for, you know, the first season he – it's not like he had a long – run up to the season, a lot of training prior to the season starting. So he's trying to implement a system. He's trying to get build chemistry between players. And you saw as the season went on, the team got better and better. So now he's already implemented the system with the people that are coming back. And you're just, now you're just trying to add pieces in. And when I say players coming back, I mean, we've got players coming back, a lot of players coming back. And so I think that's tremendously cool. And I think it really, bodes well for the team's chances this year because I think they've really got a a leg up in terms of they're not having to build that chemistry right off the bat. I mean, you could basically nearly put together a starting 11 with just your returners. And uh, I think that'll be key early in the season to getting some results, maybe even to getting that trophy, that Carolina Classico to stay here in Greenville with us. Um, We'll see. We'll see what happens. So let's look at who all is going to be returning for Greenville FC. And we'll start at the back uh, with our goalkeepers, Austin Mullins, who was kind of the second choice keeper. He played a game or two, I think, when Paul Tyson was down hurt last year. Uh, Austin Mullins is coming back. And the man himself, he's big, he's tall, he's Paul the Wall. Paul Tyson coming back for the second season of Greenville FC. Uh, I actually gave him the Paul the Wall Tifo, so I don't know if he's going to bring it back or not. But uh, he will be back in goal. The man, the man between the sticks. We love Paul, so we're glad he is coming back for the second season. Uh, three defenders who, I mean, honestly, these three guys were stellar throughout the season. I mean, some of the best players on the team. Aiden Wickstead out there on the wing, David Kaprowski, Mr. Glorious Flowing Locks himself, and our guy Toby Sims there on the back line. Three tremendous defenders. They are going to anchor that back line. And that, I tell you what, that more than anything, those guys coming back, particularly Toby and David as center backs, and Aiden, you know, Aiden's more offensive the way he was pushing up the field, but those two guys at center back, that gives me a lot of hope for early in the season because especially towards the end of the year, those two guys were locked down on that back line. And I, I think between those two and Paul, uh, 
man, I don't think we're going to get scored on a lot early on. And that's, uh, that's really encouraging. Now I'm not saying we won't, I'm not saying we won't get scored on. We might. Um, but I feel a lot better about it this year than I did last year with a whole new batch of players coming in. So I think that's a, that's a strong back back line there. Then the midfield, you've got Manny Perez, got Jose Kubelin, uh, Michelangelo Davidio and James Smith all coming back again. A lot of those guys got some solid playing time throughout the season. It's going to be good to have them back for chemistry's sake. Um, and then up top, you got Quinn McNeil and Ignacio Monchetti coming back. Uh, again, two guys that played a good bit for us last year. Um, obviously, you know, you're missing some, you're missing some big pieces that we really, we really loved last year. Jesus Sabara is playing professionally. Uh, Malcolm Frago is playing professionally. Lawrence Wyke playing for Atlanta United too. I mean, you're, you're missing some of the guys that, that, uh, really did a good job last year, but they've, they honestly, it's like, you want to celebrate it. They've gone on, they've earned professional contracts. That's what you're hoping is happening for some of these guys. So maybe even some of these guys this year, maybe Paul Tyson next year has a pro contract, maybe Toby Sims. You know, I think some of these guys uh, have potential to really, to really go and do big things once they get beyond Greenville FC. And there's only been three other players announced for the green and gold. And man, this is exciting. Three young players are joining Greenville FC this summer. Connor Dowler, Hayden Anderson, and Robert Bailey. So let me tell you a little bit about them. Connor Dowler, he is from Anderson, South Carolina. He plays for T.L. Hanna High School. He's going to graduate from there in 2020. And uh, he also plays for Carolina Elite Soccer Academy. That's CISA for those of you around here. And as a member of the region, South Region ODP team, he is committed to play at Furman and will be a class, a member of the class of 2024 there. So uh, again, a, a local kid who I heard, I was not at the tryouts, but I heard he really impressed there. So uh, excited for Connor to join Greenville FC. Hayden Anderson from Piedmont, South Carolina. He goes to Woodmont High School. He's going to graduate this year. He is uh, currently a member of CESA as well and a South Region ODP team. He's committed to play at USC Upstate. Uh, and will be a member of the class of 2023 there. And then Robert Bailey is a goalkeeper from Spartanburg. He is set to graduate from Spartanburg Christian Academy this year and is a member of CESA, and his teammate is Hayden Anderson. So those two guys uh, play together in their club soccer, and they will play together at USC Upstate. They're both going to play at USC Upstate. So really cool that we've got three young guys, two high school seniors, one high school junior that are going to play on this team. And man, that's exciting. I mean, I, I just think about the idea that you have kids that are going to come through the Greenville FC Academy this summer, who in uh, conceivably in like five years could play for this team. Like that's nuts. That's crazy. Can you imagine that we're not that far off from when somebody who went through the Greenville FC Academy will be playing for the senior team. It's amazing. This team is doing some really cool things. Uh, second season, lots going on, lots of big things moving and pumping and going. And really, I think there's more to come. I can't wait to see these kits. Marco, Richard, if you're listening, there better be a dang gold kit. I'm dying for a gold kit. I need it. I just need it. I need a gold kit. I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, I feel good about the gold kit. I'm hoping it's coming. I'm hoping that's the away kit this year. I am so pumped if we get a gold kit. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I, I, uh, I diverge a little bit, but, uh, 
hey, thanks for tuning in. This is uh, this has been fun. It's been a fun episode to, to talk about Greenville FC. It feels like uh, feels like an old friend. We haven't uh, talked about the team in a while, and uh, excited. There's things happening now as we're moving towards the season. The season will be here in uh, about two months. So uh, I'm sure there will be more stuff happening. I'm sure we'll hear about some some meetups soon, some some big events going on with the team. Make sure you go over to Greenville FC, gvlfc.com, and buy your season tickets. Uh, check out some of the new merch they've got going on. Uh, it's going to be a good season, and I can't wait to for it to get here. I think it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to bring my daughter to Triumph and Greenville FC games this summer at some point if my wife lets me. Um, but we will be out there, and we will we will catch you guys soon. Hey, thanks for tuning in. We can't wait to talk to you next time.